0: Hello, podcast friends. Thank you. Thank you for being with me again today on Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives, our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges that we face in life. I'm honored that you're spending this time with me again. If you are a new listener, welcome to our podcast family. If you are a Long time listener, I'm glad that you have been with me. We're sticking it out together, learning how to be better, healthier, stronger uh, leaders that don't burn out, but really burn long term, uh, not short term. And so, just uh, I'm just so glad that you're with me. Really honored and and humbled and privileged that we can spend this time together today. This is episode number 99. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. Can't believe 99 episodes of uh, sitting down in front of the microphone and, and sharing things that I'm learning and, and sharing things that I believe will add value to your leadership journey. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach me at LanceBain.com. There are a number of other great resources available on my website. You can also email me through LanceBane.com. And so I would love to hear from you. Today's handwritten show notes will be available at LanceBain.com. And so just want to click the on the homepage, click podcasts, and then that opens up two podcasts. This is the main one I use. You'll look for the Ordinary People Extraordinary Lives icon. Click that, episode number 99, scroll to the bottom of the page, and there they are. Some handwritten notes and a downloadable PDF form. So I love that you're with me today. Um, Today we're going to be talking about team-based leadership. Team-based leadership, and I love the idea of team-based leadership, but it's sometimes much harder because it, it, well, it's a team, and so you're you're blending all of these relationships together. Um, But I'm excited about today's topic, and I want to share with you. Some basic fundamentals that really need to be in place in order to have healthy, team-based leadership. So, let's do this together. Sort of a working, basic definition for leadership is to add value to others. It is to, to serve, uh, to protect to foster an environment or a culture for empowerment. Basically leaders have through influence, cultivated followers, if you will. And followers is just another way of saying, people who are willing to let themselves be influenced by your leadership, by your character, by your charisma, by your competency, by your journey, just by your willingness to go forward, to go first. And that's important because one of the key um, values, if you will, for for leadership is that (laughs) it's that you're using your influence to add value to other people. Leadership is all about other people. And going first isn't just so you have the largest paycheck. Going first isn't just so you can have the title. Going first just isn't so you get the most perks. Going first isn't so that it's your names at the top of the organization. Going first isn't so you get the most accolades. Going first is about adding value to other people. It's thinking and processing as a leader, what does going first look like? What does going first mean? And do I want to take and how do I take a team with me and There's an old a proverb they say it's an african proverb i'm not sure of its origin but i, I love the proverb r- regardless of its of its origin and it says this if you want to run fast run alone if you want to run far run together and friends leadership needs to run for the long haul it is a marathon race leadership inevitably it, it, it sort of embodies the ideas of legacy passing on to the next generation of leaders, mentorship, internship, development, training, discipleship, as I come from a word of faith, uh, faith community, a Christian faith community. That's a huge word in our faith community, discipleship. And, you know. So it's the idea that you're passing along what you've learned. You're giving encouragement. You're giving a listening ear. You're being emotionally available. You're offering correction and challenge, celebration, care, and coaching. And so leadership is not just important that you personally add value to another, but when you're adding value to another, how is the team growing in its value? And how does one team add value to another team? Leadership is to add value to others. It is to serve and to protect It is to foster an environment or a culture that lends itself towards empowerment. So the question that we ought to consider today is, if team-based leadership is how we best run for the long haul, it's more enjoyable, it's going to create a bigger legacy, it actually is the quintessential essence of leadership that you're not doing it by yourself. I mean, if leadership is to add value to others, hello, others, (laughs) like they, like they've got to be around, they've got to be involved others. And so how do we, what does a team building process look like? And I want to talk about that with you. There are five sort of core ingredients to building a team and these ingredients are linear. You you really do, <clears throat> at least on these first couple of steps, first couple of two or three ingredients, you really need to build one upon the other. You kind of need to have them in order. Uh, but the ingredient f- three, four, and five, you can be flexible with. You can integrate them in different ways. But the five ingredients of a team-building process are really important. The last thing you want to do is recruit other people, invite other people, pursue other people to be a part of your team and not set them up to succeed. (laughs) Fundamentally, that's not adding value, is it? (laughs) That's devaluing them. It's setting them up for a horrible experience. And so I wanna give to you the five ingredients of a team building process. Okay. Here's ingredient number one. Ingredient number one is to recruit. It is to recruit. Now, as I said many times on this podcast, I come from a faith-based community. That's the primary context for my leadership. (laughs) And what I love about this context of leadership is that it's, I'd say, 95% driven by volunteers. I do have a staff. It's a way of some folks on salary. We have pastors and wonderful administrative support staff and some facility staff, a little bit of media staff. But I would say for the most part, what makes my church work, what makes it go forward, what, what's helping us really accomplish the mission that we believe God has given us, it's volunteers. And the unique challenge of working with volunteers is that you don't have the leverage mainly of income. Yeah, you know, a lot of us if we won the lottery or received a large inheritance, we would immediately quit work. Most of us don't go to work because we love the work and we would do it for free. Most of us go to work because hopefully you do love the work, but you also love the paycheck. You love the idea that you're getting some income, and you're able to pay your bills and contribute generously to others and, and hopefully have a meaningful life in that way. My point is that when you are leading, and in my context, leading volunteers, your leverage is not finance or perks, if you will, increased vacation or a bonus structure based upon sales or anything like that. Your greatest leverage is relational. It's fundamentally that I believe that if you will join my team, that I, as your leader, can not only together help us accomplish something that's much larger than the storyline of our own lives, that we're going to be involved in something that adds tremendous value to the lives of others. All of that is true, and and you, as a volunteer will achieve a great level of success. You will have personal development and personal contribution and accomplishment. And there's a lot to be said for that reality that your life is making the kind of deep, significant change that we all want to live for it's that philosophical question why am i here i think it was mark twain who said the two greatest days of your life for the day you were born and the day you discover why some of us are fortunate enough to have a vocation that answers the why question some of us don't some of us are benevolent in our time and energy and we just want to volunteer Okay, so regardless of how your team got to where they are, whether they are paid employees with a certain compensation package and structure or the team you're leading is a team full of amazing volunteers, you need to be recruiting people to your team. It's not it's not a team if you're the only one. And uh, you've got to recruit people to that. And and this is challenging. I mean, think about how much demand is being placed upon people's time. They're being invited into so many things. (laughs) Not-for-profit organizations, volunteer times, particularly in a a COVID environment, I mean, I think about our local food bank and our local churches and our local outreach programs and the, and the kind of opportunities that are available to, to really serve families and, and organizations that are in need. It, people's time is being pulled in a thousand different directions. We're doing hybrid learning or we're doing online learning or maybe you're sending your kids to school. You've got the up and downs of your own job and your safety and masks everywhere, Is COVID exploding in my region? Is it not exploding? What does this mean in the political turmoil with the election? What happens beyond that? There are many, many factors contributing to the well-being of your soul, to the well-being of your emotions. What does this have to do with recruiting? Well, if you're going to build a team, a healthy team, a powerful team, a team that serves, a team that protects, a team that fosters an environment or a culture for empowerment, then you have to recruit people. You actually have to make the ask. And many times, because we can do what I've just done, we sit and we think about how much pressure people are under with their families and their relationships and their kids and school and jobs and academics and this and that and their health and all of the crisis going on. Why would I invite them to join my little team? I mean, all we're doing is standing in the door saying hi to people or... All we're doing is out, you know, picking up canned goods for the local food pantry. I mean, it's that kind of thinking that you have to overcome. It's the kind of thinking that says, I'm just doing. As if we're marginalizing and minimalizing what our contribution is to the other people. (laughs) Friends, this is why we talked about leadership in the very beginning. Leadership is adding value to other people. It's serving, protecting fostering environment and culture for empowerment what you do matters and when you have the kind of passion that has bought into the belief that what you do matters you're going to want to recruit people to be a part of that why wouldn't people want to be a part of my team and so when we recruit it's not just a manipulative ask i'm not trying to sell someone a car <laughs> I'm not trying to get you to buy the Electrolux vacuum cleaner. I'm not trying to get you to sign up for some crazy thing. I'm recruiting you with vision. And I'm thinking win-win. The organization wins because what you are bringing to it really matters. You win because by joining this organization relationally, I'm going to add value to your life developmentally. Organizationally may be what what brought us together. But developmental relationship is what will keep us together. What can we do together as friends that we can never do on our own? When you recruit people, you want to recruit them with vision. You want to have passion and you want to believe in what you're doing. And you must think, Win-win. Just this weekend, one of our team meetings, one of our pastors said uh, in their research about the challenge with volunteerism is that volunteers are less likely to join, people are less likely to join your team and to contribute because they feel like the leader builds their personal vision on the back and the labor of their volunteers. In essence, volunteers don't get to do what they do best. They don't get to do what they're gifted at they don't have any room to dream and to imagine and not just simply serve but actually put their leadership hands on the wet, moldy clay and create something magnificent. Friends, this is the power of recruiting. You're recruiting with vision. Why should I join your team? How do I ensure that you're not going to use my time, my talent, my charisma, my academic training, my energy to build your kingdom. This isn't selfishness. It's not a volunteer that says, what's in it for me? It's a leader who recognizes that if I'm called as a leader to add value, to protect, to serve, to foster an environment and a culture of empowerment, then from the very beginning of recruiting, I need to be recognizing and articulating what I have already thought through, at least as an idea on how I can benefit by the contribution of your talent and skill and charisma and, and energy. <laughs> I mean, just the essence of who you are is going to add value to us, but I also think I can add value to you. All right. So when you recruit, here's um, five ideas you want to think about. You want to think about the role to what are you recruiting them? So just a simple role, for example, in, in, in uh, my, my church would be I'm going to recruit you to our children's ministry team. So then what is the role? Is it a teacher? Is it um, a greeter? Is it um, just sort of kind of on the sides of making sure kids are playing, making sure kids are staying socially distant, uh, helping kids get to the restroom? Am I, what am I doing? What am I, have I created a role with as much specifics as possible? And then, secondly, define the responsibility. So, what are the outcomes that you're really looking for? Define success for people and that this is what they're, you know, being responsible to and for. The third is commitments. And so, what are you asking them to commit to? It's very important that you lay out the commitments because people don't like bait and switch. They Don't want to feel like they signed up for something that's going to, you know, cost them an hour a week, but only to find out because we didn't communicate commitments well, it's actually three hours a week, or two hours a week, or five hours a week, whatever. And so, you want to be clear about your commitments, what you're requiring, and really asking people to say yes to. Give them a compelling reason to say yes and give them clarity about what it is they are saying yes to. And then the fourth is constraints. What could you envision as potentially hindering their success at this volunteer role or this team role that you have recruited them to? It might be personal issues, vacation times, lack of office space, uh, lack of training. If you can identify the constraints, then you can identify a plan for overcoming those constraints or certainly managing the um, expected constraints that are going to pop up fifth are resources what are you as the leader going to contribute to this new team member whether it's a paid team member or a volunteer team member what are you going to give them as resources so obvious answers would be i'm giving you an office i'm giving you access to a printer i'm giving you access to an administrative assistant. I'm giving you access to the internet. I'm giving you access to other staff members. I'm giving you access to the HR department. I'm giving you access to ongoing education and training. I mean, you know, when I think about our greeters, for example, at our church, what is, what is ongoing resources? I'm giving you. I'm giving you... Um, a leader. I'm giving you a schedule. I've given you expectations. I'm giving you training. I'm giving you celebrations. There are other things, and they're within the other four ingredients of a team-building process. But you want to identify, here are the resources I'm contributing to you to help you be successful. Are there other resources that you think you might need in order to be successful that we've not identified in this recruiting document? Now, our conversation today about team building process (laughs) went way deeper than I thought it might. But I'm excited about this because I want you to be successful in building teams. If you want to run fast, go alone. If you want to run far, you got to go together. And you want a healthy, powerful team that can accomplish some wonderful things together. So you need a healthy team building process. You need a team that adds value to others. You need a team that serves and protects and fosters an environment and a culture for empowerment. And the first key, first ingredient to that kind of team building process is to accurately recruit others. Hey, next week, I'll share with you the other four ingredients on team-based leadership. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Work on your recruitment this week. And I'll talk to you again next week on episode 100.